Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome on in. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Thank you for tuning on in. We appreciate it. Got lots to dive into in the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. We're going to talk to great mixed martial arts welterweight Rory McDonald later on today's program. Uh, looking forward to that conversation with the Red Kings, so stay tuned for that. We'll start off with a little UFC as we had last night, a hell of a main event. As you had TJ Dillashaw making his return against Corey Sandhagen. Uh, really, really great main event. One of the really, you know, great main events that not on a pay-per-view, but just great fight night main events. If you think about the stakes in the division, um, how talented both of these guys are, where they're at in their careers, what TJ Dillashaw was coming back from. And I will give the UFC a you know, broadcast. They've taken uh They've taken some criticism in the past for for brushing aside drug tests and not talking about, it. you know, they, they they made an effort. I mean, they played that uh, that redemption piece on TJ Dillashaw about a thousand times tonight, and the broadcasters didn't ignore it. So it was uh, it was definitely a, a, a focal point of the story tonight. It wasn't one of those things where they just kind of ignore. They didn't just call it transgressions or something lame like that. Like they did make it part of today's tale and that he did have a lot to prove and I think that if you're TJ Dillashaw and, and everybody's saying that you know you you know we're going to be the same after taking PEDs or we're going to have the same cardio after using EPO um, I think that he was able to prove tonight that at least in the mind of everybody else you know being able you, you think that you got through this uh this fight cam clean and all that that uh there's definitely a level of uh, of him getting back to who he was pre popping for PEDs. There, there's definitely a level of that for him. Um, him versus Corey Sandhagen, great fight. I mean, uh, you know, my initial reaction to it afterwards was I thought Corey Sandhagen was going to get the nod. I thought that he was going to win 48-47, and that it was even going into the fifth round, and that the fifth round was close. But I thought that Sandhagen got the better of him. Um, Looking at the judges' scorecards, you know, two of the judges had it for Sandhagen. One judge had it for Dillashaw. Um, one of the judges who had it for Dillashaw had Dillashaw winning the fifth round, winning the third round, winning the first round. I think if that's how you're going to score, that's probably how you should win it. But two of the, well, one of the judges had it um, only giving Sandhagen the second and the fifth. Ah, I mean... That that that's tough for me. I, I guess I could see you giving Sandhagen the fourth on some levels. The thing that that I think bothered me 
about this is I felt like TJ Dillashaw did a great job of trying to use some of Sanhagen's youth against him, used definitely some veteran tricks, used his aggressiveness against him, but I don't necessarily think that he dished out the punishment that Corey Sanhagen did. I think that if you looked at the two of them clearly after the fight, Sanhagen looked like he won the fight. I mean, it was some vicious shots that he hit TJ Dillashaw with. And I don't necessarily think that he really beat him up in the clinch. I don't really necessarily think that he beat him up. You know, he definitely came forward. He definitely had some control of rounds. But I just thought that Sanhagen made the most of his opportunities in in the times that he had the advantage. I still acknowledge that TJ Dillashaw, you know, was a close fight. I, I don't think that he got blown out by any means. But I just thought that that Sanhagen deserved, uh, d- deserved the nods. I thought that for sure 2-5... Two, four, and five were his. Um, three, I thought that Dillashaw kind of squeaked out there at the end with uh, with his with his le- his last minute takedown, his last minute shots. I thought for sure that was his. Same thing with round one. Um, but I thought I thought four and five. I thought that that Sanhagen kept it mostly at the feet, and when it was up at the feet and it was straight up, um, he was getting the better of it. So I don't I don't I don't think that Dillashaw deserved that last round. But it is what it is. Look. It wasn't the most egregious decision on the scorecard even tonight. It wasn't a great night for the judges. I think there were a lot of uh, unsatisfying results for sure. But for DJ, it's a big win. Um, it is what it is. He got the he got his hand raised. And when you're the former champion and you take no breaks, you come right back and you fight the number two guy in the world. Um, it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be sensational. It just has to be a win, and I felt like uh, I feel like after tonight, yeah, he's right back in there with the title shot. He's right back in there with the title picture, you know, whether it be against Peter Yan or whether it be against Aljamain Sterling, he is uh, he's right there. He's right there. And I know a lot of people get crazy with all oh, the PEDs, and he shouldn't be right back there. That's a long punishment, man. I mean, I don't know what what is the what is the extra mile you want him to go to, as far as never getting back into the title picture again. Is it just never? Um, Because when you go about this and you take two and a half years off or you're suspended two and a half years serving your punishment, it's bad. I mean, you know, people talk about ring rust, whether it matters or not. I think it's a thing. Um, Some doubt, you know, Dominic Cruz on the broadcast night is is a big doubter of all that type of stuff, but whether you believe in it, whether you don't believe in it, he didn't come back and have a, a, a tune-up fight. Usually in boxing, you come back after that type of a layoff. You see a guy like Keith Thurman, they take time off. They just want to get their feet wet. He's going right into the shark tank and coming out of it victorious. So that has to count for something. Um, I don't say, you know, I don't think you have to go out there and you have to root for TJ Dillashaw. You can still root against him. You can still think that he's a cheat. I know that some people are more bothered by PEDs more so than I am. Um, but I just think as far as punishment is concerned, look, we've seen John Jones. He's gone on back in there and gone back to the uh, to the top ranks. We've seen other guys who have been, you know, juiced to the gills. They've gotten opportunities again. I think that TJ Dillashaw, you know, is he, he served the punishment. Two years is a long, long time and came back and, and won himself a very important match. So, yeah, I do think that he deserves to be right in there into the title shot now. What's going to happen with that title shot is, is going to be interesting. Like if Aljamain Sterling uh, loses, are they doing a 1-1 thing and then they're doing a trilogy? 
Uh, if he loses, are they absolutely going on to the next thing? I would say probably so. The way that Aljo won the belt is uh, is still sketchy in a lot of people's minds. So I don't think that 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 bodes for natural trilogy. And then you look for a guy like Corey Sandegg, and the tough spot for him is now you got a top three there with the title picture, and two of them you have losses to. So that's a tough spot for him. It's almost like a uh, almost like a Curtis Blades type of spot where you're beating everybody except for the very very top guys. Now this isn't like the loss to Aljo. This is super razor thin. Um, you know, maybe uh, almost a Max Holloway parallel you can put to it. So if TJ Dillashaw does become champ, I don't think anybody's going to have an argument for uh, Corey Sandhagen and him having a rematch. This was an awesome, awesome fight. Love to see it again. But, um, you know, things that he's going to kick himself about, things that he's going to be upset. Probably just, you know, I, I do think that I don't think fatigue wore on him. I think that uh, I, I don't think that was the case, but I do think that TJ did a great job of taking Sanhagen's aggressiveness and using it against him. I think that some of those crazy knees and some of those crazy spinning kicks, Dillashaw wasn't phased by it. You know, he really uh, weathered the storm and put up against Cage. Now, look, he got hit with a vicious flying knee in the first round that cut open the bridge of his nose, took a vicious shot in the second round that nearly stopped the fight, um, which I think is a lot of the reason people are probably like, man, really? Like, TJ kind of uh kind of leg humped him for the majority of this fight and he's getting the nod I get it uh for sure I mean I definitely think that Sanhagen had the more sensational moments in this fight for sure if you're gonna look back on the highlight reel you're gonna have a lot more for Sanhagen to choose from than you are for Dillashaw there's no doubt about that but you know it's a it's a the scoring system is what it is it, you know it's it, it's it's razor thin it's five rounds in a in a main event setting and if you could just be in those right pockets, if you could be savvy enough, you could pull out three rounds and maybe not necessarily have the most damaging moments. And uh, I think that there'll be fans that find this to be unsatisfying, but you know that's uh, that kind of that that's the sport at times. It does it, it can be it can be unsatisfying when it comes down to that type of stuff. So for Corey, I don't think he has to get too down. I think for him, you know, this almost goes into a tournament setting. I think that. You know, he probably awaits the loser of Jan versus Sterling. And whomever comes out of that, he tries to go beat. And maybe even on the same card as whoever TJ gets in the winner of that. And uh, and then he moves on to another one. I don't really think that he has to overcomplicate this. I think that he's still a very good fighter. Um, still definitely, I think, his championship quality this this was a loss by the thinnest of margins. This isn't like his loss where he got choked out. He still has a, a lot of good that I think he could take out of this. And uh, this division is on fire, man. This division is really, 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 really good. And he's really good. And he is fun. And he is sensational. And it feels like he's going to pop out of there with, you know, you think about the the spinning back fist that he had in this fight, the flying knee. The, the big time the big time cuts that he put on TJ with his punches his punches were crisp sensational he has a lot of entertaining factors to him he does have some flaws too though he does have those those you know the that that amount of octagon control that his opponents can get on him um you know he's got to find some better ways to shake that out he's also got to be a little bit more savvy with his uh his risk calculation on when he's going out there and he's he's going to try something crazy 
where is this going to end up if he doesn't get the shot? Does he have to be more wary of time and around? I don't know. Um, but I definitely think that TJ being in those positions where he was going to be able to get octagon control really, really cost uh, Corey Sandhagen in this one, I- at least with the judge. I still think that he should have gotten the nod, but he didn't. So you kind of got to look to it and see, uh, well, where where could he have gotten better here? Where could he be? Where could he uh, have improved? Uh, other results from this night: Holyon Paiva got himself a win over Kyler Phillips. Very, very fun fight between them both. Majority decision. Uh, Phillips got a, a 10-8 on one of the cards, so they had it as a draw for one of those. But the other two gave him the nod. Don't have a problem with that. Uh, Darren Elkins, I think, probably had the the comeback of the night. There were a lot of great comebacks, but uh, the damage, bro. Like you go out there, and and if you're uh, Derek Manier and you think you're going to go and uh, just steamroll him in a first round, you got You got to put away the damage, man. You got to. You got to. You got to put forth the damage on the damage to put away Darren Elkins, and just not enough. He's got the most intense tattoo in all of the sport. It, it literally it looks like damage scratched into his chest. There's a reason for that. He uh, he definitely he definitely uh, put forth a, a great performance in this one, and that's why people love him. 37 years old, he's still uh, entertaining as hell. Brings a lot, a lot of fun to the fight cards, and. Um, you know, I, I I just think that is uh, is completely fun. I think probably even more controversial than the main event was uh, was the women's flyweight fight between Macy Barber and Miranda Maverick. I thought Miranda got this two rounds to one. I thought this was a horrible decision. I thought that um you know Macy Barber for sure got the third round, but I just thought didn't do enough in either one of the first two rounds to really get a nod. I thought that she was on her way in round two, but really let it slip away. So I don't I don't think that she deserved that decision. I thought that was a a really poor call from the referees. Now, it's big for her career. Uh, you know, she could have gone to three straight losses and she's 23 years old and has these aspirations of being the youngest champion ever. Still isn't quite that that I think that dominant uh wrecking ball that 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 burst onto the scene. I thought Miranda Maverick did enough. I thought that she should have gotten the nod there for sure. Um in 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 this uh in this one. So you know, it was all in all a fun night. I thought that the main event, the fight of the night, was really the star of the show. Really, uh, really brought the most forth out of any of them. And uh, that was the night, man. We'll take a quick break here on the program. We'll take a quick break here on the program. When we come back, get into a little bit of the news of the week. Plenty going on in mixed martial arts and boxing. We're back with more after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, you had BKFC this past weekend. Paige Van Zant and Rachel Osovich was the main event. And Rachel Osovich got the nod, got the uh, got the arm raised, won herself a decision over Paige Van Zant. And I think for Paige, it's a tough spot. You know, she comes into this promotion and is, you know, really their biggest free agent acquisition. David Feldman was super stoked to get her. Loses the first fight uh, to Britton Hart, who looks like an absolute uh, monster in BKFC. And some people have found really, really good homes for this promotion. But I said every, you know, to anybody who would listen this week, I thought that Paige for sure was going to get the nod here because I thought that she was coming along pretty well in that last round of her last fight. I do think that, Experience matters in this sport. I think that I've seen, you know, a bunch of fighters from mixed martial arts. It comes in, it's a little bit tougher to find the range. And I thought that she looked like she was gathering more of it. So I thought for sure her coming into the second fight, 
uh, that she was going to be in a better spot, and especially for Ostevich. You know, Ostevich doesn't exactly have a, a clean record. This is somebody that she has a win with, even if it being a submission win. This is somebody that she has a win with over in UFC. So this is as tailor-made as it was for Paige Van Zant to get herself a victory, and she didn't. So that's a tough one for her to swallow. I don't really know uh, where the next spot is for her in this promotion. You know, I still think that she does a great job promoting the sport. She's a, you know, great ambassador for combat sports. She just hasn't been very good at getting wins as of late. So it's a tough one for her to take, especially, I think, against somebody that, uh, you know, you already have a victory over, has had a bit of a dicey record in the UFC as it was. And so for her not to get a win there was uh, was pretty tough. There was uh, a pretty cool video this week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Canelo Alvarez had Brandon Moreno, the flyweight champion in camp, and uh, was giving us some advice on some body shots. But I thought that was pretty cool. You have the, you know, it was such a cool thing that Brandon Moreno, first Mexican-born UFC champion, was working out with uh, one of the best Mexican champions there is in Canelo Alvarez. So I thought that was a pretty cool video this week. That was uh, that was circle of the waves. And if you're going to get advice on body punching from anybody, I think Canelo Alvarez is the dude to do that. Speaking of Canelo, there was some news this week that he is going to be set to fight Caleb Plant September 18th, Mexican Independence Day weekend. That that looks like that is going to be uh, set up, and he will be taking on uh, Caleb Plant for the super middleweight undisputed championship of the world we've been having a lot of undisputed lately it's been the big thing and uh, Canelo has had his eyes set on this and maybe there was a little bit of worry that there'd be some financial hang-ups with this and that Caleb Plant they wouldn't be able to get it done looks like they are going to get it done and that's tremendous I'm looking forward to this one I still think I, I still favor Canelo I think pretty heavily in this one I'm a fan of Caleb Plant I like him a lot um, I just think that Canelo is in this spot right now where you have to be uh, super elusive and also just give him something that he can really respect uh, giving back. And I just think that he's just found this prime weight class where, you know, he, he handles the weight up here. He's a vicious power puncher. Um, even against Billy Joe Saunders, you had some people who thought Billy Joe was winning that fight. I didn't think that was the case. I thought that Canelo was winning that fight, but uh, but ended up breaking his orbital bone. So, yeah, I think it's a dangerous fight for for Caleb. Caleb's got to be elusive. He's also got to give something that Canelo can respect, and I think it's a it's a big step up, not only in competition for him, but it's a big step up in stage. I think there's a, you know, Canelo is getting to that point where he's not only, uh, I think, as good a boxer as a lot of these guys are that he steps in there with, but also is just much more used to the stage. He's got a little bit of an aura to him that he I think has garnered back ever since the Triple G fights. I think with the Triple G fights where he had his own questions with PEDs. And there were their own questions with whether or not he got the nod on some sketchy scorecards. I think he's at a different rare air right now. Now, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be a spot where um, you have a guy in Canelo Alvarez. He's back on regular pay-per-view. It's going to be on Fox pay-per-view. Um, so what kind of business this is going to do? I think that's that's all fascinating. But I think it should do pretty monster numbers, especially with, uh, you know, especially if Canelo brings any of that swagger that he had in that post-fight press conference with Billy Joe Saunders to the Caleb Plant. Uh, press conferences, any of that. If we see some of that, I think that'll be absolutely brilliant. We also got uh, some notes this week. So some other fights that were set up. Anthony Joshua, because remember, this was supposed to be the fight week for Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. Obviously, that got scrapped. 
but we've been waiting to find out what is Anthony Joshua's plans. When is he going to be up and uh, up and running, and who is he going to be fighting now that he's not fighting Tyson Fury? And it turns out he's going to be fighting Alexander Usyk for the Unified Heavyweight Championship on September 25th. That's a fun fight. I think Alexander Usyk is... Uh, I don't think he's had the most impressive jump to heavyweight so far. So I do I do favor Anthony. I think Anthony needs himself a very impressive win. Um, you know, Kubra Pulev you know, did what he kind of was supposed to do in that one. I still think that he had something left to be desired in that second Andy Ruiz fight. So I think he could get, garner a lot of that back and garner some hype back. Beating a guy that's essentially a cruiserweight, you're much bigger than him. You're much more powerful than him. The guy is probably a slicker boxer than you are, but I don't know if he presents the danger that Ruiz did or you know a lot of these heavyweights that he's been in there with. I think that he should um, be able to inflict something where you'd be like, all right, Anthony Joshua, he's definitely one of the dudes at heavyweight right now. Because if Alexander Rusik is able to do something uh, uh, to him and he is able to shake him up a little bit, I don't know how much people are really going to have any faith that he could get it done against Tyson Fury. Because I think we all feel like it's almost a formality that Tyson's going to get it done against Deontay Wilder against, unless we see a much different Deontay Wilder this next time around. But uh, but I, I do think that AJ's still in his... You know, we talk about Canelo with his his little redemption. I think that AJ's still looking for that too. A little bit back to that mystical shine that he had before he had lost to Andy Ruiz and everybody looked upon him as one of the guys at, at heavyweight and he certainly has the fame and he has the million dollar smile and all that type of stuff but I, I still think is in need of a uh a, a big time win for sure another boxing news uh that came a lot of matches got announced this week Oscar De La Hoya and Vitor Belfort this is no longer going to be an exhibition this is going to be a true boxing match this is from Mike Cobbinger Oscar De La Hoya Vitor Belfort no longer plans an exhibition now a real fight eight two-minute rounds because that's at 185 pounds um preliminary uh, preliminary approved by the California State Athletic Commission September 11th at the Staples Center so uh this is uh interesting I did see that this I will say the one thing that uh, the trailer needs to kind of chill on they got to get a more updated picture of Oscar De La Hoya they can't go with the uh you know, the picture of the 90s from Oscar De La Hoya. He needs something a little bit more up-to-date. Let's let's not completely lie to people when it comes to who we're going to see in there. But uh, good. I'm glad, it's a, I'm glad it's a real fight. I, I'm interested to see uh, what Oscar De La Hoya we get. He, he sounded like when he wanted to make this comeback initially that this was supposed to be for real fights. And he still has his eyes set on a Floyd Mayweather rematch and a Canelo Alvarez fight. I'll tell you what, look, man, gimmick fights and all. I think him versus Canelo Alvarez, what does that do? A gazillion buys? That is, that's that's blockbuster if those two can actually put that together. But you talk about the feud that they've had, um, the star power that they have, all these wacky fights that they have. Um, it, it, that one's, I think, certainly, certainly a monster by any stretch of the imagination. So... We'll see. Uh, we'll see what Oscar's going to bring to the table. You know, we we haven't seen a, a Vitor Belfort necessarily look the best. It's a different sport that he's coming into as well. So what type of Vitor are we going to get? I don't know, but I'm into it. I'm into this fight. It's fun. It's going to be fun to see Oscar De La Hoya back in there. It's going to be fun seeing these two go for knockouts. Certainly Vitor is going to go for, for shots with bad intentions. 
And uh, I think that's going to make for a really, really fun event. I- I'm into this one. I'm into uh, I'm into this Triller matchup that's coming up now. I wish they could figure out the stuff that's going on with Cambosis and Lopez. That would be nice. Uh, I certainly wish that that was the case. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers right now. I'll take this and uh, everything they got set up with it as of right now. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. So one other boxing note, uh, Ryan Garcia looks like he uh, has his comeback fight set. He is uh, reportedly going to face Jojo Diaz coming up. Uh, that Ryan Garcia's rep- uh, return fight is he's been back in training and is uh, apparently going to be fighting Jojo Diaz probably in the fall in Los Angeles. As Diaz says, I'm going to take him to a place he's never been physically or mentally, Ryan Garcia. I feel like he's a talented fighter, but he's never been in the ring with guys that I've been in the ring with. And uh, so it's uh, looking like that one's going to be set up both under the Golden Boy promoter. So it uh, should be an easy one to make. Not doesn't feel like there's a lot because I did see that uh, Devin Haney was uh, laughing at this matchup where he was like, these two guys, they both want to uh, they both want to. This is the first time in history you see two mandatories opt out to f- of fighting the champion. Uh, and Jojo Diaz responded, STFU champ, you got the belt hand to you. I'm going to F you up. And he goes, you lost, and they give you a draw to a bum. So this is, uh, this is, this is a weird one. He says, for all you saying that I'm ducking Haney, I'm giving you a middle finger at you. I've received no contract offer. So it's just one. Listen, Devin Haney is looking for a big one for sure. He's looking for a big fight. Uh, I think that he knows that a lot of fighters don't want to fight him because he will probably make them look silly. Now, look, his last fight against Jorge Linares was really, really fun. I thought that uh, Devin Haney showed a really aggressive side to him and showed some vulnerability, too. I mean, he got clipped there at the end, and, and he was holding on for dear life those last couple of rounds. So I would have thought that probably opened the door for more people to want to fight Devin Haney because he did show some vulnerabilities and showed himself to be an action-worthy fighter. So I hope that Devin Haney does go out there and get a matchup soon that um, will warn him something pretty high profile. But that was a, an interesting back and forth amongst that crew. We'll take a quick break here on the program. When we come back, we're going to talk to the Red King, Rory McDonald. We will uh, get to that coming up on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. So I got a chance this week to go down to uh, Sanford MMA in Deerfield Beach, my first time actually at that gym since uh, it's it's fairly you know new. Uh, it's it's been open in my hometown for uh, a little bit now. It's the latest home of like Henry Hoof's camp. I had a lot of fighters on the card tonight. Brendan Allen um, was victorious out of there, and they got uh, you know a lot of the great fight Gilbert Burns fights out of there. Uh, Robbie Lawler. Uh, my guy Tyrone Spong, a lot of the guys who have been in the Henry Hoof crew, either at Hard Knocks 365 or the Black Zillions and all that, that's where they train now. They train out of uh, Sanford MMA. And one who is fighting there now is the Red King, Rory McDonald, who is fighting for PFL now. PFL is uh, going to be coming to the Hard Rock for three cards for their playoff series. So you'll have. Kayla Harrison down here. I believe Clarissa Shields is going to be on one of those cards. And Roy McDonald, he's going to be on the first one on August 13th. And I got a chance to sit down with Roy McDonald, talk a little bit about what his uh, life is like down here in South Florida, this upcoming uh, playoffs with the PFL, and if uh, he's got any fond memories with a, a current training partner of his. 
Very excited to talk to our next guest, the Red King, Roy McDonald, join us here. We're at Sanford MMA in Deerfield Beach, my hometown, so it's very excited to be here. Roy, uh, how long have you been down in South Florida now, man? This is, a, this is a, you feel like, is this a, a recent move for you? I came down here at the start of February. Okay, so how, how have, you, uh, have you liked living in, in South Florida, getting ready? This is, a, I imagine, much different than getting ready in Canada. Yeah, it's been great. The weather's obviously nice. Um, came down here because of the freedom, able to train, and uh, you know, the great guys here at Sanford MMA. So, it's it's been a great uh, great time preparing for my fights. I feel like they've gotten me, uh, you know, physically, mentally ready for my fights. So I'm really happy with it. Has there been one thing aside from the weather? Because everybody always says the weather. Is there one thing about South Florida that you have uh, you have loved about, uh, above all else uh, living here so far? Yeah, their their um, outlook on the whole COVID situation and not having to put a mask on and you know that we can go to stores and live our life free. It's been nice. It's yeah. it's it's been nice being uh, being a little bit more open like that for sure. Yeah. So you got a uh, the tournament's starting up coming up August thirteenth at the uh, the Hard Rock. So you're going to be getting to fight locally down here in South Florida, which is really really cool. Um, what has this this opportunity in PFL been like for you, man? You've been a star in UFC. You've been a star in Bellator. You're one of the faces now of PFL. What does it mean to you to be you know a guy who's made his way through organizations, has had a lot of success in different organizations, and what do you hope that translates to with uh, with PFL? Well, I'm here to, you know, show that I'm the best in the world in every fight I go in. So I, I want to express myself fully. I want to go in, fight hard with no regrets and, uh, you know, show that I'm the best. Your last fight, um, thought you won. Thank yeah. you. Just, just to get that out of the way. Um, do you, when, when you have something like that happen, do you still take it? going into camp as a loss because it's on your record like do you have i don't know if you take losses and wins like differently when you go into training um or when you feel like you got screwed by the judges like it, does it does it change your mentality in any way or is it just pure frustration because of you feeling you got the win and 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 people didn't and three people didn't see it the right way honestly in my heart i already i just i i, I think of it as a win you know uh Obviously, it's not on my record, but like with the support I had from the public, like I've had losses, decision losses in the past where, you know, I disagree, but I could see, I could see it, you know, how it went that way. This one, uh, or even just frustrated with certain referee calls and it was a close fight because of, you know, the referee I had, whatever, you know, I'll take that loss, you know, mentally, but, you know, in my heart, not that I need to be outspoken about it, but I feel like I've very clearly won that fight. So I carry that in my, you know, my heart that, you know, I, that was, I won that fight, you know, but, uh, it's going to be a permanent blemish on the record, unfortunately. This uh, this gym in particular, it's kind of been like a it's a beautiful facility. It's been uh, kind of a lot of formations in different locations with Henry Hooft and the whole crew that's kind of gone all over South Florida. Mm-hmm. What have you uh, taken from this? Like a new experience in a new gym like this and, and a crew that's been pretty tight knit for the most part. Uh, have you liked that? Has it been nice being amongst new blood? And, and do you find yourself picking up new things, new ways of training? Or do you keep things pretty much how you've been doing it your whole career and they adapt to you? Well, they have definitely a different um, training mentality, training schedule. Um, they train different skills and like styles. So I think that was really good for me to break up my rhythm uh, that I was used to, that old mold that I, I, I've done for years and years. So it was good for me to get out of my comfort zone, and they've been able to push me and make me a better fighter. 
Did you ever, when you when you came to the gym, did you have any interaction with Robbie Lawler? You guys have one of the all-time classics. Yeah. Uh, people, I, people, people think it's one of the greatest fights of all time, one of the greatest title fights of all time. Thanks. What was that like? Uh, it's, I mean, I've, I've spoke with Robbie before, but he's always, a, a, you know, he's a very down-to-earth, calm, chill guy, so easy to get along with. So, yeah, me and Robbie chat every now and again. And to be honest, it's our conversations is like we never fought. You know? Really? Yeah, it's just you know regular guys yeah. that's why like it's it's one of those things people i think people watch that and they almost think it's like a movie but that is you know a real a real piece of you guys like that'll always be remembered and it never comes up with you guys we've never spoke about it wow that's yeah. pretty wild man <laughs> yeah. one day when the fighting is over maybe yeah maybe <laughs> maybe um is it is it hard fighting away from your family is that is that uh is that something you typically do in camps or have you liked, you know, getting to separate and just kind of go in like I don't know, Rocky Four mode? You're in, you're in your own little hub, getting ready for fights. It's difficult, you know. It's not something I've done a lot of, especially for this amount of time. But uh, I think it's, it's needed, you know. Um, family, small children. It's a, it's a lot to, uh, you know, to to manage both, you know a lot of work to do fighting so to go back and forth it could be you know it could be a lot on the plate and uh when you know I'm, I'm separated from them it hurts my heart it sucks when you know you're 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 thinking about them but on the opposite side this way i could focus in put in the hard work and you know know in my heart when i go in, into these training sessions and into this fight I'm doing it for them, and uh, you know I'm I'm not just going in tippy toeing into this fight, you know, just to get through it. I'm going in there to win and and fight hard. Well, we appreciate you giving us some time, man. Uh, August 13th, check out Roy McDonald, ESPN two, as PFL starts up their playoffs, taking on Ray Cooper. You guys can check that out. I hope they let some people in at the Hard Rock. I don't know what the deal is there yet, but if they do, and you're down here in South Florida, go check uh, Rory out because that's going to be a hell of a show. He always puts on a hell of a show, and uh, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again to Rory for uh, for the time. I found that fascinating. Hasn't even, never spoken to Robbie Lawler about the all-time classic they've had together. I think one of the best fights of all time, one of the best fights of all time between those two. And you think about uh, Robbie getting the win, just down on those scorecards when he got that knockdown, uh, got that knockout of Rory McDonald. So I can see Rory not wanting to bring it up. And uh, listen, they're not, they don't strike me as the two chattiest guys in the room anyway. But I would have figured that uh, some that there had to be some mention. I think it's an all. You want to talk about like Hall of Fame fights? You know the UFC puts all. That's a Hall of Fame worthy fight between those two, an all timer. Um, some other news that uh, came out this week: there is uh, rumblings from Charles Oliveira that his title fight against Dustin Poirier is going to come in December, which I think is a, a pretty good timeline. You know Charles winning his his belt in the spring. You have Dustin Poirier with his win over McGregor in the summer. Boom, bring him back at the end of the year. I think that that's a, a, a great timeline for both of them to make their comeback. I think it's a fun fight. Um, you know, we had uh, we had Dia Davis on last week. He thinks that they have a great advantage when it comes to the striking. And that's where, you know, we've seen a lot of improvement from Charles Oliveira. He's such a good, well-rounded fighter. It's a fun fight between these guys, man. That the fact that they have just so many weapons to go to in this uh, in this bout, and it's not just 
this guy has this, this guy has this. Now, I think that for both of them, you'd say like, okay, Oliveira, bread and butter is probably submission game where he can go get those wins, get them from any angle. And for Dustin, the other way, you'd probably say, all right, his bread and butter is the striking. He's maybe the best boxer in the UFC. Um, but both of them are good in both areas. And so where uh which one's which one's going to give so it's a really really fun matchup uh both ways for each guy we also got word that logan paul it looks like his next fight is going to be against anderson silva and he is the betting favorite early on against anderson silva and i say a couple things to this one you know, Anderson just had himself a boxing match against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And he looked really good. And I know that Chavez Jr. is no uh, first prize to write home about. But, uh, you know, he's an older MMA fighter. And he's coming in there against a guy who's been in there with Canelo Alvarez. has been in there with some of the best of the best. And uh, and he looked good. And he looked good against uh, and he looked good against him. So this is an interesting one. You know, Logan, I don't you know. know I think you got to be. I. I Look, you got to be impressed that he was able to go the distance with Floyd Mayweather, even if he's got 50 pounds on the guy. I thought when I watched him in that opening sparring day, I was like, this guy's going to keel over middle of the fight. And he didn't. He got through the eight rounds. He was able to make it through. Um, but whereas I feel like Jake, I think, is going to have some success against Tyron Woodley, I feel like Anderson Silva. I feel like, I don't. first of all, I don't know how you prepare for a guy like Anderson Silva. Um He's so unorthodox. He's so weird. I know it's not mixed martial arts. So you don't have to worry about the kicks, but I think this one could be big trouble for Logan Paul. I mean, I haven't really seen anything other than some guts. I'll give him I'll give him props in the guts category. I don't know if I've seen like him be this masterful striker in the cage. So I think this one could be a, a pretty dangerous one for him, if you ask me. And then finally, so... <laughs> So George St. Pierre was given a uh, a helmet. Uh, so George St. Pierre was given a statue in Montreal and it looks his statue looks just like Barack Obama. It's crazy. GSP put this up on his Instagram page this week and it's crazy. I mean this 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 I don't know if people have probably you know I may be late to the party on this but it's wild how much this this statue that he put up looks just like Obama. It looked like I don't know, I don't know if it's the smile, the haircut or what, but GSP is uh is 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 like it is crazy. It looks just like the the former president. It's a wild thing. So you guys got to check this out. I would recommend it. if you guys haven't seen this. It's on GSP's Instagram account. I think it's his latest post uh at George St. Pierre, you guys can go check it out. But this 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 thing, it was uh it was just post from a few days ago. But you'll notice, you'll notice which one it was. This thing looks just like Obama. I hadn't seen that one. Hilarious. Anyway, thanks again to Rory McDonald for joining the program. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.